0: Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. You got to get rid of the excuses. You got to get rid of the need to be perfect. And you got to keep walking forward. If you're a creative person, if you're a baker, a dancer, a photographer, a screenwriter, an actor, a comedian, a podcaster, and you want to figure out how to make a living doing what you love, this is the show. This is the show don't keep your day job. My name is Kathy Heller and I'm a singer songwriter. I make a living doing what I love and I want that for you. This is the show that's gonna help you do that and give you not only inspiration but some real life strategies. This is gonna help you figure out how to take your creative passion and turn it into a profit. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the second episode of don't keep your day job. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Why are you awesome? Because you're subscribing to the show and you're leaving amazing comments and you're emailing us and you are tweeting about us and you're posting on our Facebook page, you're the best. Thank you, we love it, we're we're so excited. I can't tell you how rewarding it is to feel like what we're doing is being heard and you guys are getting it and it's so win-win. So you're making us feel like we're doing something that's really valuable and I know that I'm just so excited to show up here every day, record these episodes, so thank you. I have an idea. I think that Don't Keep Your Day Job is not just gonna be a podcast. I think after reading the emails that have come in and getting to know some of the, some of you who are out there now listening, we are gonna become a community. This is not just gonna be a community of people who listen to a podcast. We're going to be a resource for each other. I want you to use our Facebook page as a place to go for ideas, for support, I want you to use this. If you, let's say, want to go ahead and create a candy line or you want to go ahead and you want to write a screenplay or you have this great idea and you want to make glasses or you want to be a floral arranger and you have this idea for farm-to-table flowers and you want to create it in a certain way, whatever it is you want to do, I want you to go to our Facebook page and post about it because I know that somebody out there who's listening is going to be able to say to you, I've got a suggestion for you, or I've already done that, or you know who you should talk to, wouldn't that be so cool if we could show the world, the world that's mostly made up of cynics, we could show the world that we live in a place where people can support one another in helping them do what it is they love to do. What greater gift can you give someone than to help them live their dream? And what a great way to contribute to society, to help people go ahead and be happy doing what they love, adding more value to the world. Let's do that. And to make that even more special, I had an idea. I thought that what if you guys were to go right now, when you finish not right now, but when you finish listening to this podcast, you go to Don't Keep Your Day Job on our Facebook page, and why don't you write what your goals are, where you want to get to, what you want to achieve, and then check back in with us in three months, in six months. And as you're becoming more successful and as you're growing this, maybe eventually I'll pick a few of you and I'll interview you on this show and you'll get tons of exposure and you'll get to tell us how you've been going ahead and taking the steps to do what you love and how it's coming into fruition. So that, that should incentivize you. All right, now let's get down to today's episode. I want to talk about what are the next steps that you can do. I know a lot of people have been so sweet. They're writing in, thank you so much, Kathy. I'm fired up. What the heck do I do now? All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about next steps, and then at the end of this episode, I'm going to read a couple of the questions that came in through email and see if I can give you guys suggestions, and if those of you listening have suggestions for those people who wrote in, go to the Facebook page and post what you have to say. I bet there's a lot of great things that can come out of this, and I'm really excited to see how we can support one another. All right, so let's get started. The reason why most people are not making a living doing what they love is because they're not taking action. They're not doing a whole lot about it. So that's the biggest takeaway from today is you gotta do stuff. Ideas are great. It's awesome to have this great idea, but It's not going to mean anything unless you execute it, unless you do it. And the people who right now are out there being successful at the thing you really wish you were doing, it's not because they're more talented. It's not because they're smarter. It's just that they're doing a lot and they've been doing a lot. And so if you show up and start doing a lot, guess what? You're going to be competing against a very small group of people because a lot of people aren't going to take that action. So what is it that you can do? How do you get started? The first thing that's so important is that you have to get out of your own way. A lot of the reason why people don't start is because they want to be perfect. They want to know that they're never going to fail at it. They want to know that they have the how totally together. You need to know what you want and why you want it. And the how is going to start to be uncovered as you move forward. And you're going to know the next step. You just need to know what's the next step and then get there. And then from there, you're going to see the next step. And you don't have to be perfect. You have to get rid of that. So it's 2017. It's a new year. It's still January, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I did this New Year's Eve with friends of mine, and we did this last year also. It's a really fun exercise. Take out a sheet of paper and write down, 2017 was amazing because. And I want you to look at this on New Year's next year when it's turning 2018. I want you to look at what it was that you did this year that made it so amazing. Write down the things that you hope you're going to be able to say you accomplished this year. And the next thing is, how are you going to do that? You're going to do that by taking action and you're only going to be able to do that if you tolerate that feeling of not being enough, because guess what? That need to be perfect, it's just not going to go away overnight. And I can't promise you that it is, and therefore you're going to be able to let go of that and just move forward. But what if you can just tolerate it a little bit? No one feels like they're completely enough or perfect. No one. When you're walking through the day today or you're in your car, the people who are in the cars next to you, they also feel like they're not enough at something in their relationship or in their job. But the people who are successful, they take that risk. It takes courage. I think that's why we admire those people who have gone forward because it's that quality where they just have to leap. They have to leap before they know that they have the whole puzzle put together. They have to go forward anyway, and that takes confidence. And when you start to put that confidence out there, not only are you gonna keep moving forward, you're gonna inspire people around you because they're gonna say, wow, good for that person, you know, good for her, good for him. He's, he's, he's moving forward, doing what he wants to do. And really, once you start taking action, every step you take turns into five steps, 10 steps, because that's how powerful taking action is. It turns into a greater life of its own. You know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So every single day, here's some strategy that you can use that's gonna help you get to the next step and the next step and so on and so forth. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to take a few minutes in the morning, first of all, to just clear your head. I don't want you to just assume that you're going to be inspired because what if you had an argument with someone the night before or you have something weighing on you that's coming up? It could take over the whole day and you might not have enough clarity. You have to carve out a little space in the morning to be proactive and think about What do I want to get done today? And you have to sort of prime yourself. You can't just rely on the elements around you to hopefully put you in a place where you feel great and you feel inspired. I mean, not everybody just wakes up like that every day, but we have to choose it. We have to choose that we're going to feel good and we have to choose how we want to organize our day so that we don't just get through the day and go, oh no. I just sort of let the day get away from me. I didn't get done what I needed to get done. So in the morning, first carve out some space, whether you want to just take a walk or drink your cup of coffee without your phone or whether you want to go outside and meditate or whether you just want to think about things you're grateful for, but try to make it a practice to clear your mind in the morning. The second thing after that that you can do is make a list of three things that you want to do today that are going to help you get closer to how you're going to make a living doing what you love. What are three things that you can do every single day Today, what are you gonna do today? Three things that you can do to help you move closer and chip away at that dream. Who might you need to reach out to? What might you need to be creating? Think about things that you can do today. And it's about knowing what you want. So this is another really important exercise. I want you to write down what you wanna do, but I want you to be really, really specific because it's all gonna be about asking the right question so you know what next step you need to take. And in order to ask the question that's gonna be the right question, you need to be really specific about what you want. So let's say you want to open, you want to be baking and you want to open a bakery. Tell me exactly what kind of bakery you want to open. Do you want to be baking cupcakes? Do you want to be baking all kinds of things? Do you want to only be baking gluten-free things? What are the things you want to do? If you want to be writing a screenplay, what kind of screenplay do you want to write? Is it a family movie? Is it a big blockbuster feature film? Is it sci-fi? What is it? Because as you're specific, what you're going to be able to then do is say, okay, so what would I need to create? Okay. And then who might I need to reach out to? And who's my target customer? Those are the questions that are going to come next. And then from there, you're going to say, okay, how would I get to my target customer? And what is the next thing that I can do to be creating something that is what they really want? All of those questions are going to come from being specific. So take the time and write it down. And by the way, Make sure that this is your passion. If this is an idea, that's great, but it's gotta be something you love because it's gonna take time and grit and patience and perseverance, but when you feel something so strong and you're passionate and there's purpose, it's not gonna be suffering, even if it's hard. It's gonna be pain with purpose, which is actually gonna be invigorating because it's like walking up that hill, you've got your Lululemon pants on, you've got your water bottle, you got your cute Nikes on, and you start up the hill and you're feeling great, and you get to the middle of the hill and you start to say, ah, oh, forget it. And you say, no, 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 I know exactly why I'm here and I'm gonna get to the top and you just move forward. And even though it's a little painful and your side's starting to hurt and you're out of breath, You keep going because you know exactly why. You want to get to that top of the hill and look at that beautiful view and you're going to feel good and you're going to get your workout in and you just do it. That's not suffering. That's tolerating being uncomfortable. Guess what? You guys can tolerate that this is going to take a little while or that you might have to take some feedback or you might have to keep honing your craft. You can do that stuff. I had three kids, okay? I have a little girl who's four months old. I have a little girl who's five years old and I have a three-year-old little girl too. Every time I was in labor... And I was in a lot of pain. And believe me, I had moments where I thought, this is just bigger than me, and I don't know if I can do it. I knew exactly why I was doing it. And so I would recommit myself to tolerating it and I would keep going. And sure enough, I got through it. And that's the same thing with this. There's going to be moments where, thank God it's not going to be as painful as having a baby, but there's going to be moments where it feels really hard and you just don't think you can take one more day of rejection or not knowing and you're just going to recommit yourself because you're going to say, wait, if I'm going to be on this planet one time, it's worth it to spend this year or two years honing this, working toward it, figuring it out, reverse engineering, putting in the time and the action. Because ultimately, it's going to allow me to do what used to wake me up when I was a kid. And I would say, oh, I can't wait to do that. It's the thing that's called to me. If you can spend the rest of your life making a living, doing what you love, you'll never work again. That's not work. And it doesn't feel like a job. It's so incredibly gratifying. I want that for everybody. I, I know that I continue to want that for myself. So I continue to work hard at what I'm doing and figure out ways. And by the way, just as an aside... I said that I have three little kids, and before I started working, I remember thinking that was going to be my excuse, that there's no way I could do what I loved because I was going to have to give it up, because I was going to have to be a mom, and there's a lot of guilt that goes into being a mom and being able to balance what you love and you feel so bad leaving your kids, and I remember thinking, oh, I'm going to have my first baby. That means I'm never going to be able to do music again, and guess what? I've only been more successful since I had kids. I feel like my kids brought me luck. They brought me, you know what they brought me? They brought me focus because I wanted to be not only a role model for them, I wanted to be the person who's the best me for them. And also, the busier you are, the more you carve out and maximize the free time you have. And that's the thing. I have three little kids and I have a four-month-old right now and I'm working, I've probably worked more in the last four months than I've worked in, you know, all of my 20s. Okay, so what does that mean? It means that there's no excuses. And it means that when you really know why you want something, then whatever you're going to have to tolerate is going to be worth it. And it's not going to be suffering. It's just going to be a little bit of pain. And there's always growing pains with things, but they're so, so worth it. So if you're a mom out there, I just wanted to say as an aside, that's not a reason why you can't do what you love. And it's a great thing to show your kids. And for dads, too. I mean, I think for dads also, they start to feel like they have so many commitments. They can't do the thing that they really want to do because they have to be home with their kids. They have to, you know, be a provider. But guess what? It's really important for you to be able to show your children that people get to grow up and love their life and like what they do and that work doesn't have to be a grind. And so if you put a little bit of muscle into it, sure, it's easier to just like start working for somebody else's dream and they show you what to do and you show up every day and it takes a little bit of the muscle out of of having to figure it out every single day. But as you keep moving forward, the name of the game is taking that action. Keep going. Keep on taking the next step. When you put in this time at the beginning and you reverse engineer where you need to be and you just put one foot in front of the other, it's all going to come. And by the way, let me just say, in addition to me giving you some tools here and there, I'm also going to be having on this show guests, people who've been successful at so many different things, and you can start to glean what it is that they've done and, and take some insight from them. I've heard other songwriters have told me that Diane Warren writes a song every single day. She writes it every single day to just flex that muscle. And The first four songs in the week might not be great, but the fact that she makes a habit out of writing songs, maybe by the fifth song, she writes something amazing and she goes, great. And it's all a matter of staying in that habit. Whatever it is that you want to do, you've got to keep honing your craft. Um, There was an article I read a couple years ago in the New York Times, this girl, Claudia Barroa, she makes flan. I thought this was so cool because how often does anyone even say the word flan? And then I see this girl in the New York Times and she's famous for making the best flan in the city. This whole story was talking about how she grew up in Peru and she used to watch her grandmother making flan. And what was also really important about this story is that they were saying that they had very little money. And meanwhile, her grandmother was making flan and she made it because she loved to make it. And that's something to keep in mind is that people are going to say you can't do something because you don't have the resources or you can't do something because you don't have the time. It's just an excuse. If you really, really want to do something, you're gonna find the time. You're gonna figure it out. If you needed to feed your kids or get clothing on them and you didn't have the time or the money, believe me, you'll figure it out. You'll be resourceful. The greatest resource you need is your resourcefulness. It's not that you need time. It's not that you need money. It's that you need to maximize the time you have. It's that you need to maximize being creative and being clever and figuring things out. And you can reverse engineer how other people have done things and you can do them yourself. So. This is the year of no excuses. This is the year of if I say I'm going to set my mind to it, I'm not going to rationalize and say, well, I can't because I don't have the time. That's just a really comfortable way of not having to look at the fact that your only competition is yourself. And we want to have an excuse so that it it gives you an out. Well, I would be doing the thing I really want to do, but I'm not because I don't have the time. It's not true. You can make the time. And if you only have, let's say, four hours because you work a full day job, but you have one hour on Tuesday night and three hours on Sunday, if those four hours you knew what you were gonna be doing and you were gonna be focused and you were gonna be creating content and doing your craft and moving forward and reaching out and creating you know, meetings with people who might be able to listen to your idea and give you feedback, Those four hours are going to be powerful, and if those four hours a week turn into 12 hours a month, in three months, that's 36 hours of focused attention on what you love to do, you're going to create some serious momentum. So this girl, Claudia Baroa, let's go back to her for a second. She was creating flan. She had moved to New York City and she was working on just the, honing these recipes. And she was next thing she knows, she was making her own vanilla extract using, you know, be- beans. And she was really working on this and people kept talking to her and she said, oh, it's just my passion. I just love making flan. And next thing you know, she's selling flan to her friends, to her family. She's selling it for, you know, a few dollars a cup. And word starts to spread, starts selling like 360 cups a week and everything after that was history. People started to know about it and she started to have her flan being sold in different markets and things all around New York City but it's about working on her craft. And did she know when she was standing in the kitchen exactly what the how was? She might not have known the how, but she knew what she wanted to do and why she wanted to do it. It made her happy, It reminded her of being home in Peru with her grandmother, she loved it. It was something she did that lit her up and it was her passion. It was all she could think about. So she kept honing it and she kept working on the recipe until people started to say, God, this is really great. And the feedback grew and they said, oh, why don't you offer it here and sell it here? And next thing you know, it became her entire living and she's known about it. You can look her up in the New York Times. So it's really important to be specific. What is it that you want to do? And then every single day, ask yourself the question what are three things that you can do today? You got to get rid of the excuses, you got to get rid of the need to be perfect, and you got to keep walking forward. That is the name of the game. The other thing I want you to keep in mind is that people are going to tell you that it's impossible, that it's not practical, that it's never going to happen. People are just threatened, okay? It's really painful when someone hasn't gone for what they want to hear someone else even talking about what they wanna do and, and thinking about taking a step forward. It's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like every person, okay? every person was born with some amount of passion for something. And after a while, people just start to bury that down so far that they forget about it, but it's always there. It's like a pilot light. It's just sitting in there. And they, when they see you getting excited and they see you walking forward, it's so uncomfortable. It means they have to face why they haven't put any time into that. And that means they have to look at their whole life and the time that they might have wasted or the time that they might have not gone after that thing because they were afraid or because they listened to someone tell them it wasn't practical or because they thought maybe it wouldn't happen and they didn't know the how so they didn't even start. So listen, if you are that person, it's never too late. I just read a story recently on Facebook that Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken, he didn't make that, you know, that didn't become a, an entity till he was like 65. Okay? So that's impressive, and I'm sure there's many, many other stories like that, but as far as resources, age doesn't have to be an excuse either. There doesn't have to be a reason why if you haven't done something, you can't do it now. That that's also to be noted. But my point is, if you want to do something and people around you are telling you you can't, it's going to be up to you every day to Make a different incantation to say to yourself every day, this absolutely can be done. I'm certain it can be done. I just have to keep walking toward it, asking myself the right question, and the answers are just going to come. The more that you start to pursue working on your craft, honing the skill, the more that people around you are going to start hearing about what you're doing. You're going to start bouncing this idea off of people, letting people taste what you're doing, letting people see the work you're working on and things are going to start to grow. And someone's going to say, oh, that's so cool. You should talk to so-and-so or, oh, that tastes so delicious, blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, you're going to take more initiative. You're going to work on it. You're going to keep marching forward. The way that you know that this is possible is if somebody else out there in the world has done it. If you want to create your own coffee chain, Why on earth would you not? The fact that people go into Starbucks to the the, the way that they do and the amount of, that means of course there's room for competition. It's just showing you the market, yes, we're thirsty for coffee. We want it. So that means you can create your own special coffee and you're going to give it your own atmosphere and your own flavor. But there's evidence everywhere that if somebody has a creative pursuit, a dream, and they're passionate about it, of course you can go create it, absolutely. And that brings me to the next point. Once you've gotten to the place where what it is that you love to do, the biscuits that you're going to be famous for, you've really honed the recipe, the the screenplay that you've been working on, it's really ready. It, you feel like you've bounced it off a couple people you respect and you've been working on it and it's at a place where it's, you know, you're ready to take it to the next thing. It's about looking into who is it now? Who are the people that you should be Putting this in front of. And one thing for those of you who are creating, you know, whether it's, it's soap or it's um, wine or you have a certain kind of uh, hat that you're making, if you're making something like that, there's so many places online where you can find a place where people are going to talk about it. The thing that I love about that story that we talked about from the New York Times about Claudia Barroa, her made flan, is that she just went ahead and did it. And the trick here is doing it. Okay. It's all about going ahead and doing it. So don't wait for the opportunity to come along. Go ahead and, and make it happen. You need to create it. They say that successful people don't look for opportunities. They, they go ahead and create them for themselves. So if you want to be a songwriter, write the songs. Don't wait for someone to ask you to write one. If you want to be making a movie, instead of asking somebody to hire you to be a director, write your own script or find someone who has a script and direct it. It's incredible what can be done. I was just reading Kevin Smith's story and how he was able to create clerks and all the movies that he's made in the beginning. He had no budget and he just went ahead and did it anyway. Don't wait for an investor. Make the stuff. We live in such a world now. It's such a small world with with the invention of Facebook and the internet. If you start putting things online and you start reaching out, think about this too. What are five blogs? What are five magazines? What are five entities, YouTubers, people out there who could be already having an audience that's your exact market and they could be talking about what it is that you're making. If you're doing something like that, go ahead and reach out. Think about who you could talk to. When I was, you know, building my brand and I was writing music and I was, you know, pitching songs to music supervisors, I decided what if I reached out to different magazines and they wrote stories about me and then I had a full page story on me in the LA Weekly and the, and Variety and Billboard and USA Today and, That was another way of getting my story out there. So think about it. And then all those articles became bigger than the story itself. And it all sort of grew upon itself. And the momentum sort of took on a life of its own. And it moved faster than I ever could have dreamed. Think about where you can deliver your story. Everyone's always looking for free content. So think about it. If you have a recipe you love, if you have something you're working on, see if there's a food blogger who might want to talk about it or see if there's a, a DIY, you know, website on crafting and you can talk about the soap that you're making. They might find that really interesting. My sister-in-law was inspiring me. Um, She was visiting this week and she's so sweet and um, she's been such a great sounding board for me and she's a great photographer and I was talking to her about how she's been able to make a living, you know, doing her photography, what things she's been up to and she told me that one time her and her friend had submitted their artwork for a gallery and they didn't choose it, that particular show, even though she's been in quite a few shows, Um, they didn't choose it that time. So her friend and her decided, well, what if we created our own gallery showing? What if we just how would we do that? And they started asking that question. Who would we reach out to? Where would we have it? What would we do to get people to come? And they started asking the right questions. As soon as you're, you're asking yourself a question, your mind will right away come up with an answer. That's why I said, be specific because if you're asking yourself the question, how would I how would I go ahead and, and create my own bakery? You might then ask yourself, well, what would I make? And then you might ask yourself, well, what would I be perfecting? What recipe? Well, I better get to work. And who would I start to to let know about the things that I'm creating? So asking yourself the right questions comes from being really specific about what you want and then working backwards and reverse engineering it. And by the way, the other thing you can do is be looking at people who are already really successful at that thing and looking at their story. What's their brand? How are they putting themselves out in the world? What stories are they telling and how are they going ahead and getting where they want to be? How did they get there? Reverse engineer it. Anyway, so my sister-in-law says to her friend, let's call up one of our friends and see who might have a space who could host a showing for us. And so they decide, they make a list of who might be able to do that. And they say, oh, so-and-so has a really nice loft. Maybe he could do it. And next thing you know, he says, sure. And they say, how are we going to get people to come? Somebody says, well, what if we did it for charity? And she's like, oh yeah, it's a great idea. So they ask the host, what's your favorite charity? And they decide to create an evening in his loft where people are going to come and they're going to buy art and half of the money is going to go towards charity. And she was able to take home a few thousand dollars in this, that one night. And it was so win-win because money went to charity. Money went to her. People had a great time. They drank some wine. They looked at beautiful art. It's like, be resourceful. I mean, think about if she did that once a month i mean that's that's a nice little extra living and then think about what could come from there and people might even she could have reached out to someone and say do you want to write a story on this you know we're, we're raising money for this particular charity and this is the art we're doing there's just so many ways to go ahead and move forward if you are resourceful you don't have to just have this incantation it's never going to happen look to sum up you've got to take action And the truth is that the reason we don't do things is because of what I said earlier. It's because we don't think we're enough and we'd rather quit than lose. We'd rather quit than make a fool of ourselves. We'd rather quit than glimpse the fact that we might not be enough and people will think that we're foolish. That is enough of a driver to move us away from what we love and then we wake up and we become complacent and we wake up and spend our life building someone else's dream. Don't do that. So let's go back, look at the list of why 2017 was amazing, what are you gonna say, New Year's, at the end of the year that you did this year, and you're gonna do it, it just has to be one foot in front of the other. You don't have to know the next 25 steps, you just have to know the next step. And I'm telling you what, the more that you start taking action, waking up and doing something about it, it's going to take on a life of its own. And talk to people. Don't be afraid to tell the people in your life what you're up to, what you're working on. Show it to them. Share with them the pages of the book. Share with them the song. Have them taste the thing that you're, you're making in your kitchen. Put it out there. Get feedback and ask people to be honest with you. What do you love about it? What do you not love about it? What do you think the strengths are? What do you think the weaknesses are? Let it come in. And instead of having your ego be so wounded by it, See it as, you know, this is just food for thought and it's going to just help you keep moving forward in this game. The next thing I want to do now is just move on to some of the emails that we got. And again, if you want to email us, you can do that at hello at com. And I love hearing from you. So Beverly wrote in and she said, she just finished listening to the podcast two times through. Thank you, Beverly. She said, it's the exact content I've been looking for. Thank you so much for creating this and you're welcome. I love doing it. She said, I'm a clothing designer and my mission and passion is to make over old and outdated styles I rescue from thrift stores and make them new and lovely again. I like to think of it as a little way to save our planet and keep unwanted clothes out of the landfill. God, that's really, really cool. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's creative. It's also so good for the environment. It's just great. Her question is, what is the best way to pitch a partnership with boutiques, both local and out of state, to ask if they will carry my clothing in their shop? We just finished creating our first line, which will be spring and summer 2017. I know that once we collaborate with YouTubers and bloggers, we'll receive the exact traffic we need to scale up considerably. I'm just not sure how to go about working with boutiques. Hopefully I can be a success story on your show one day. Absolutely, Beverly, this is what I'm talking about. By the way, if you think you have ideas for Beverly or you own a shop and you want to have this or you work at a magazine, you want to write a story about this, I think it's an incredible story, by the way, go to our Facebook page and reach out to Beverly that way. Beverly, this is awesome. So first of all, um, way to go doing something that you're passionate about. That's also definitely serving the world. So in terms of pitching yourself, this is going to come up in a lot of different ways for many people, depending on what it is that you're working on. You're going to, at some point, have to sell yourself, right? And I say sell yourself because the thing you're selling, there's always going to be someone with some great thing, but the thing people are usually buying is you. Now, in this particular case, this is an incredible idea, and so that's going to really help you too because it's such a cool idea that I think one thing you can be doing right now is reaching out for a little bit of press. I think it's such a cool story and it's such a hot topic that you're taking old, beautiful, you know, vintage things and making them new and lovely again and, you know, dusting them off and recreating them. I think that that's really special and I think that that could be something someone wants to write a story about. That's number one. There might be a blogger who's doing something like this. There might be um, websites that are, are focused on these kinds of things. There might be magazines you could be reaching out to. But that's one thing. As far as pitching yourself, what I think you should do is make a list of your the stores, the boutiques that you're really after. And I would reach out to not just five of them a week. I would try to reach out to 25 of them a week. And I would send an email or make a phone call or walk in person, whichever one is doable. And if it's local, you could obviously walk in. But if you want to send an email to someone, I find that that's always a great thing to do. Or you can make a phone call. But in terms of pitching, whatever it is you're pitching, you're really, like I said, pitching yourself. And so you want to just be as human and not salesy. You want to be yourself and you want to start out by saying why you're passionate about it. That's the story right there. Instead of talking about the line of clothing and what it looks like, I would say, hi, my name is Beverly. And I was just really inspired to take my love of fashion design and also help the environment and look at vintage things I love and so I recreated them and that story is what you're selling and there's so much heart and there's so much warmth and people buy stories so I would share your story and be vulnerable and sweet and genuine and I would make your emails short I would write a few lines about what it is that you went ahead and did and what it is that you created. And then I would attach a JPEG, a picture of one of it, one of the outfits that you made, a shirt, a dress, whatever ensemble you want to post a photo of. And maybe you could say, I'd love to chat with you a few times. And you know, in a world filled with screens, it's so nice if we could actually chat on the phone. But I would just be very personable, very respectful of their time, very appreciative. And if you're going in person, I would do the same thing. I would just be Relax, look them in the eye, make eye contact, be sweet, be yourself and tell them your story. There's real power in being vulnerable. And you could also say, you know, this isn't easy to reach out to a stranger, but I love what you do. I love your store. Um, it really speaks to me. I love the way that you purchase. I love all of, you know the things that you, you've collected and curated. I'd love to be a part of it. And here's the kicker. You've gotta be persistent. People may not read their emails, people may read them and forget to get back to you. You've gotta be willing to be persistent and as long as you're lovely and polite, if you reach out to them again in a month, I think that that's completely okay. I've written to people sometimes 12 times over the course of two years before I ever heard back, and eventually they say something nice like, oh, hey, Um, and I'm like, oh, they're there. I didn't even know that they were reading it, and they were there the whole time. So I would be persistent and remember that you're not bothering anybody. You're just being yourself and asking a question, and there's no harm in that. What I wouldn't do is I wouldn't send a second email or make a third phone call that says, hey, I never heard back from you. I would just start, if you're writing again for the third or fourth time and you haven't heard back, I would still write it just like I did. And you might want to start out by just breaking through the noise a little. And instead of going right into your pitch, you might want to start out by saying, Hi, this is Beverly. Um, It's the beginning of the year. I was just away skiing over the, the break. What were you doing? I love what you do in your store and I wanted to reach out to you. That's one of my goals for this new year. And here's a little bit about me. But I wouldn't go right into your story because I think that people want to be, you know, an equal in the conversation and I think people forget when they're pitching to someone that that person is not a computer who just, you know, looks at an algorithm and decides whether or not to work with you. It's a human being and so you might want to ask them a question and you might want to ask them something like, what do you look for when you're looking for things to have in your store? You might want to ask them something. Why did you start that store? I love it. Or how have you, how long have you had it? You might want to just make them part of the conversation but I wouldn't take things personally if you don't hear back and I would be per persistent, and I guarantee you uh, that if you are persistent and you are polite, there will be somebody who says, I'll take a chance on that, and then it will sort of grow and take on a life of its own. The other way that you can be selling things is you can be selling things on Etsy. You could be asking girlfriends to or guy friends to open their house and host a party and sell stuff. You could also pair yourself maybe with a charity that does environmental stuff and maybe you could tell them what you're up to and that might be something great. That might be a synergy where they could feature you and talk about you and people could be on their website buying your stuff and some of it goes to the charity and some of it goes to you. Those are just some ideas. But thank you for writing in, Beverly, and if anyone has any information for her, please go to our Facebook page. And Beverly, please keep us posted. And why don't you go ahead and post a a photo of what you're up to because I'd love to see it. Okay. The next thing that we got in our inbox was from Morgan. And she said that um, she is creating a candle and soap company called Fur DeFunk on Etsy. And she says, first of all, thanks so much for doing this podcast. My boyfriend and I are starting a soap and candle company right now. It's just for fun. But if it turned into something else, that would be great. Maybe listening to your podcast will help us out. I have one question and one suggestion for a guest. My question is, what is the best way to build a brand? What are the most important things to keep in mind when building a brand? And my guest suggestion is Elizabeth Gilbert, author of Eat, Pray, Love. Among many other amazing books, she does a similar podcast called Big Magic. And I really believe she can contribute something to your audience. Thanks again. Thank you so so much. morgan and um yeah i think she would be a great guest and if you were listening elizabeth gilbert We'd love to have you. Um, maybe I'll have our team reach out to her, but if anyone listening knows her and wants to ask her or if she's listening, we'd love to have you on. Um, as far as your question, what is the best way to build a brand and what are the most important things to keep in mind when building a brand? So as I said before, and this is going to come up a lot, it's going to become a theme, which is good because you'll continue to hear it and you'll continue to integrate it. It's all about telling stories. That's what brands do, okay? So branding is what is the story around what it, the product, you know? You need to figure out how your candles and soap, what is it about them? I recently went to um, Sephora and I was buying, um, I was looking for a fragrance and I was talking to the guy in the fragrance department and he was telling me the story behind each fragrance. He's like, oh, well, this brand, you know, each one of these fragrances is based off of a different Shakespearean um, play. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, this fragrance is supposed to remind you of Hamlet and this fragrance is supposed to remind you of Romeo and I was like, this is incredible. And as he's telling me the story and I'm smelling the fragrance, I forgot that I was smelling perfume and it was like taking me to a whole different place everything that is a brand is trying to communicate something to you. If I went through the list of ice creams, Haagen-Dazs versus Breyers, what does Haagen-Dazs make you think of? It's like luxury. What's the difference between BMW and Lexus or a Jeep? What's the difference? There's a story there and they show you that story in the way that they cast their commercials and the type of music that they play. What's the difference between Estee Lauder and Chanel? I mean, you just know right away when I say it because they're sharing a story with you. It's not just about the materials in the product, it's all about the atmosphere. So building a brand is thinking about the story and really figuring out who's the target person who would be buying this and what story are they going to resonate with? What is it that I can tell them about this story that really is going to light them up? If I'm selling something to women, the whole experience of shopping in anthropology, for girls it's like we just enjoy walking through there. The candles and the way that everything's laid out, it's just beautiful. If those same clothes were just on a rack and there was no music playing that Sounded like it was from, you know, some French Polynesian island. And if there was no um, smells in there, like it just took you away somewhere to a vacation spot and you're by a fire and you're in Fiji. I mean, it, it's just an incredible, lovely experience. And everything about it makes you feel feminine. It makes you feel beautiful. That's the story they're telling. So for your brand, you want to think about that. And then you really want to tell that story through your imagery, through your fonts. And then as you're telling that story, feel free to reach out again. To people write down five blogs that might be you know interested in talking about soap and why are you making it what are you making it from and why did you choose those ingredients and what's special about it is it eco-friendly is it um, you know made of soy product what is it about it is it is it based on different fragrances or all different um, cities that you visited and what they reminded you of what is it? So tell your story. And I think that's what's most important in building a brand. And then you want to create content. What's the content that you can create in addition to the product itself? How can you get people to notice it? that's something else that you can be thinking about, and what I mean is, you know, I drive an Acura, and for years, there was nothing really, like, special about Acura. It was just a really nice, you know, luxury car, and it wasn't as glitzy, maybe, as the others, and so I, I bought the car, and then years later, I was on my second Acura already, and I didn't feel like there's anything necessarily so special about it, other than it was really practical, nice, safe car, and I didn't feel so showy, I guess. That's why I liked it, and then Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld's show on Crackle, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, was sponsored by Acura. And I felt so cool all of a sudden because the brand was associating themselves with this content, which was this whole thing on comedians. And next thing you know, their whole branding changed. And their commercials were a little bit sarcastic and funny and interesting. And it gave it that whole flavor. So I've told people, you know, if you have um, a certain kind of thing that you create, what what kind of content can you create around it? Can you create a blog about making that soap? content create content and the more that you have storytelling going on as part of your brand people are going to be interested in listening to the story seeing how you make it next thing you know they might be more interested in buying that soap than some other soap that has no story behind it all right guys this was really fun i'm really excited to see what's going to come into our inbox this week if you have questions if you have comments write to us at hello at do Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, wherever it is that you're listening. Tell your friends about it. Let them subscribe. The more people subscribe, the more it helps us continue to create this content for you and we really love doing it. If you have something, like I said at the beginning, that you want to create this year, what's your dream, what's your passion? Post it on Facebook and then let's support one another. And if if anyone out there is watching you guys write different stuff on Facebook and you guys have ideas for each other or someone that you can suggest for the person to meet, let's help one another, let's be the ultimate resource. Let's let this show not only just be known for being a podcast, but a community where we help each other live out our dreams. I love being with you. I can't wait to have the next episode. I can't wait to hear from you. And thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything. And remember, you're enough. You don't need to be perfect. And you can march forward in your pursuit because I guarantee you, if you just keep going, you're going to get there. And maybe I'll be interviewing you next on this show. All right, guys. That's all for now. I want to give a shout out to the amazing team who makes this show possible. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tim Street, and producer, Emma Kikuchi. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.